Pulling up to Mickey D's just for drinks? Oh yeah, that's me. Nothing extra, just perfection and a straw. Coming in hot for the coldest cups on the block. Because there are drinks. Then there are drinks from McDonald's. Mix things up with any size lemonade or sweet tea for $1.49. Perfect with our classic fries. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Mino Line Media presents the Safe Conversations with Kelvin Waits podcast. Hey, what's up, everybody? It's Coach Kevin, and I'm excited about bringing you a new episode of Safe Conversations with Kevin Waits, where we really try to sit around and unpack our differences, unpack our biases, unpack old baggage, and really help each other figure out that, hey, I need you. You need me. We're all humans, and we try to lead with humanity. Uh, One of the things that I think that's holding our society back across the globe is the fact that we don't communicate. Everybody wants to talk, right? But nobody really wants to listen. Nobody really wants to look in the mirror and identify uh, their own biases or their own pain points or their own hangups. And in order for us to move forward, everybody's got to look at the man in the mirror, right? Or the woman in the mirror. It's not an easy thing to do to unpack your stuff. And so I want to talk about during this episode, uh, what I believe uh, causes us to have biases and impacts the way we see the world. And I believe it boils down to four things. I believe it boils down to our upbringing. I believe it boils down to ancestral history. I believe it boils down to what we hear. Right. And I believe that our personal life experiences play a major role in how we see the world. Right. And so I'm going to start with our upbringing. And I use myself as an example. Uh, You know, I was born in Harlem, you know, lived there with my parents and my older brother until I was 10 years old. Harlem was a tough place to raise boys. You know what I'm saying? My parents worked around the clock. We were latchkey kids and we spent a lot of time, you know, alone, uh, unsupervised. And so my parents wanted us to be able to move down south where we could get outside and play all day in a safe environment. So they saved up money and off we went uh, to Charleston, South Carolina. Can you imagine the culture shock uh, that I went through moving from Harlem, living in Harlem and then moving to Charleston, South Carolina? You know, when I lived in Harlem, I went to school, Catholic school with everybody, any ethnic background you could think of, any, you know, color. Everybody was different. But we found a way to figure it out. It was all good. Everybody got along. No issues. We dealt with language barriers and everything. But at the end of the day, it was all good. When I moved to South Carolina, one of the first things I I encountered was discrimination. And it was because I was different. But what humbled me and what, you know, the thing that broke me down and that was so crazy about it was the kids in the neighborhood that looked like me wanted absolutely nothing to do with me. That's right. The little African-American kids in my community that looked just like me didn't want to play with me. Couldn't understand it, but it boiled down to the fact that I was different. I dressed different, right? Because I I lived in the city instead of out in the country or the suburbs. Uh, I talked different. I brought that accent down south with me. And the kids that looked like me didn't wanted no parts of me. They shunned me. You know what I'm saying? They tried to bully me. 
They just kept me um, at an arm's length away. So I, I had problems making friends. The only friend that I was able to make when I first moved to Charleston was a white kid named Tom. Tom was a cool dude. You know what I'm saying? I mean, he, he didn't he didn't care about the way I talk. He didn't care about the way I dress. He just wanted somebody to hang out with and play with. You know what I'm saying? So we caught dragonflies by the tail. We rode bikes. We did all kind anything you could think of that 10 and 11 year old kids would do. We did it and it was all good. But there was a price to pay. And the price to pay was he got called little ugly names, you know, like little end lover. Or I would get called uh, you, you, you little cracker lover because of our relationship, because we were friends. And I didn't understand it, you know what I'm saying? Because where I came from in Harlem, that wasn't an issue. Everybody got along. Didn't matter what your skin color was, didn't matter what accent you had, didn't matter how you dressed. Everybody got along and it was all good. So that was that was a big culture shock for me but hey me and me and Tom hung in there and we remained friends no matter what anybody had to say and so my dad who was a mechanic by trade I remember he came home one day and and, and I want to touch on the four things uh that that shape how we see the world the four things that that impact our biases and, and one of the first things is our upbringing right where we come from and the scenes that were planted in us we have to understand that today they impact how we see the world. And so as a kid, you know, like I said, my dad came home one day. He was like, son, I need to talk to you. And I said, yes, sir. And, uh, and he said, listen, I want you to be careful. I said, okay, careful about what, daddy? And he said, I want you to be careful with your friend. And so I don't know if you can imagine, stop and imagine for a second and think about how that statement made me feel, what my feelings was. Uh, when I heard that, and, and, and I don't mind telling you, I was confused because I was thinking, why do I need to be careful with Tom when he's the only person in the neighborhood that wants to play with me? He's my only friend. We've never had an argument. We've never exchanged a word. He is my only friend. So in my mind that quick, I'm trying to process it. And I'm asking my dad, can you please explain it to me? I don't understand. What, what has he done? And my dad said he didn't do nothing. I just want you to be careful of him. And I'm pressing my dad. I'm pressing him like, Daddy, I don't understand. I don't understand. And finally, he said something. He said, Kevin, when push comes to shove, they're going to be pushing and you're going to get shoved. And I didn't fully understand it at the moment. Of course, now and I do as a grown up, he meant that, you know, if something broke loose or something bad happened, they was going to be pushing. They being white people and I was going to get shoved. And, and just that quick, that was a seed that was planted. Now, the interesting thing about it was my dad didn't tell me that out of hate. He was a Christian man. Uh, he grew, Again, he grew up during the time where people weren't all that friendly to African-American men. He was trying to protect me and keep me from experiencing some of the things that he went through. You understand what I'm saying? And so when he said it, push comes to shove. They're going to be pushing and you're going to get shoved. He didn't say it out of hate. He didn't say it out of anger. He said it because he was trying to protect me from some of the ugly and the yucky things, the violent things, the hateful things that he experienced and witnessed during his time growing up. But we got to understand we all have our own upbringing. We all come from someplace. 
And everything that every seed that was planted or every myth that we heard or everything that we was taught or exposed to as a child doesn't necessarily have to be 100 percent true. We need to recognize that for ourselves and we need to recognize that as we deal with other people. They come from some place that come from a different upbringing. Okay, so the next thing I believe that impacts uh, the way we see the world is ancestral history. I will never, ever forget the, the, the trauma that I felt when I saw the movie Alex Haley's Roots. I will never forget uh, the, the, the plight in life that they documented uh, through the character of Kunta Kinte. You see what I'm saying? That had an impact on me, you know what I'm saying? Because it told me a story about slavery um, and, and where it started and how brutal it was. And, uh, and, and so that was a part of, of my ancestral history. And a lot of histories happened, not just slavery. There was the Holocaust. Uh, uh, you can consider uh, generations of poverty as ancestral history. You can consider uh, generations of abuse, physical abuse as ancestral history. And what we have to recognize is that ancestral history impacts the way we see the world. It really does. You know what I'm saying? It, 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 you know, people can't just say, well, you know what? Slavery happened so long ago. You, you weren't a slave. You need to get over it. It, it. It's in your DNA. It's in our DNA. It's in my DNA. Because my people, people that look just like me, people in my DNA were enslaved. And it still hurts today, right? In ancestral history impacts the way we see the world, right? That's number two. Number three, what we hear. What we hear from our family, what we hear from our friends, what we hear from our colleagues, what we hear on social media, what we hear on Fox or CNN or whatever news outlet you listen to impacts your biases. It impacts the way you see the world. We have to recognize this. We all have blind spots and we have to work to identify them. But we have to understand where these biases come from. They don't just magically appear. So again, our upbringing, ancestral history, and what we hear uh, has a lot to do with how we see the world. It has a lot to do with our biases, our blind spots, uh, and our pain points. And so finally, personal life experiences, they shape us, right? What we go through uh, shapes us. It makes us look at the world a certain way. And so I'll fast forward, you know, my relationship with my friend Tom, even though, you know, my dad told me he wanted me to be careful. We remained friends as we got older. You know, we went to middle school on the high school we get. And he realized that he's very gifted musically. Uh, this this guy can play five different instruments. He can sing. Um, he was he was off the chain. And so I started to realize, you know, after my asthma got better and uh, I didn't have to wear leg braces anymore, that I was athletic. So I started playing football, basketball, running track. And so we ended up going our separate ways. Organically, with no issues, we didn't have no drama, with no, you know, falling out. He was busy with chorus and band. I was busy at football practice, basketball practice, and running track. We just kind of did our own things. But we remained friends. We we continued to be cool and pass it. Hey, what's up, man? How you doing? You know, 
we continue to be friends, even though, you know, like I said, from day one, he was called little ugly names. I was called ugly names. It didn't matter. We, we were all good because the connection we had was that when nobody else wanted to be down, this guy was there for me and I was there for him. And so off to college, I go. I go to college in upstate South Carolina uh, on a football scholarship. And, and, and I can remember being there. Uh, playing football and going to school, and I remember my uh, my parents came up for homecoming. They get there, um, you know, they watch the game. You know, parents always, you know, that we they we did the usual things. They took me and my my roommate out to eat. We hung out a little bit, and I remember uh, my mom came back to my room. It was my mom, my dad, and my little brother. My little brother. I remember this like it was yesterday. This is on a on a side funny note. He walks in the room. There's a little mini refrigerator like there is in, in, in millions of college dorms, right? But it was homecoming. And, 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 you know, there's a party. It's a big party going on, homecoming. I don't care where you are. South Carolina, Nebraska, homecoming is homecoming. And, and people going to turn up and people going to party. So uh, he runs over to the refrigerator and he's running. And, and it's like slow motion. I'm saying, I'm, I'm saying, no, no, do not go in the refrigerator. He runs over to the refrigerator and he pulls the door and he pulls it so hard it tilts over. And when it tilts over, five bottles of Thunderbird and a gallon of PJ come falling out. And my mom just started praying. She was like, oh, Lord, you know what is happening to these kids? And it was just a big mess. But anyway, uh, my mom says a prayer. She goes to the car. Uh, my dad hangs around and he says, hey, man, I really need to talk to you. I said, yes, sir. You know, I sat down and he started telling me that someone was calling the house and hanging up. Uh, they were saying ugly things uh, like, we hope your your end son gets hung up there where he's at school. Uh, somebody's been riding by the house, throwing eggs in the yard, trying to hit the vehicles. And he said it's been nonstop for months. Uh, and he says, so finally, my mom got enough of it. And she calls the phone company and says, look, y'all got to do something. You know, this is this is getting to be too much. And so around that time, the phone company came up with this thing called Star 69. I know y'all remember, you know what I'm saying? I'm telling I'm telling uh, my age, but it was Star 69 came out when I was in college. And so a call came in one day and my mom called right back and it was Tom's mom. She was shocked. She was surprised. She was hurt. Uh, it was Tom, my childhood friend, Tom's mom. And, and after further uh, investigations, it turned out that Tom and his mom had been calling my, my parents' house, making racial slurs, saying evil and ugly things about uh, harm coming to me. And uh, so can you imagine the first thing that came to my mind? Yeah, the first thing that came to my mind. You're right. It was when push come to shove, they're going to be pushing and you're going to get shoved. And I felt betrayed. I felt like I was stabbed in the back. I felt like my dad said, like I was being pushed and shoved because I couldn't understand why. Couldn't understand why. Me and this guy have been friends against the odds. You know what I'm saying? The kids in the neighborhood. Uh, my dad telling me that, you know, hey, I want you to be careful with him. We still remain friend, friends. We never, ever exchanged a word. We never had an argument. All we did is kick it and have fun. That's it. So why uh, this happened, I don't know. And one of the things that's always plagued me is I never got an answer. 
I never knew why. I never knew what went wrong. I never knew what happened um, because we never we never talked again. But that incident, that personal life experience shaped me in a way that wasn't healthy. I'll put it out there like that. It shaped me in a way that wasn't healthy because for the next two years, anybody that looked like or resembled Tom, it was like, thanks, but no thanks. I didn't want anything to do with anybody that was white or anybody that looked like Tom. That's where I was at. And two years later, uh, I, you know, I started to grow up. I joined the United States Army and I realized that through some soul searching and looking in the mirror and trying to understand my biases, I realized that I don't want to be put in a box. You don't want to be put in a box. Nobody wants to be put in a box. And because Tom and his mom did something to hurt me and my family, I put everybody in the box that looked just like him. I had to get over that. I had to dig deep within myself. I had to mature. I had to grow up. And I had to get to the point to realize that all white people were not bad. All white people were not like Tom and his mom. Okay? And so that was my personal life experience. And I had to mitigate those biases to get myself in a, in, in a mindset, in a frame of mind to understand that I can't make everybody else pay because of what Tom and his mom did. I'm, I'm being totally uh, 100 with you. I'm keeping it transparent. And I'm telling you because I want you to understand, you know, I'm using myself as, as, an, as an example, a real life example to help you understand that our upbringing, ancestral history, what we hear in our personal life experiences shape our biases. They don't just come from nowhere. Those things impact us. And we have to recognize that. Right. Because, again, the only way that we uh, we we move forward together is if we communicate. I, I really believe that communication is the key to humanity's survival. That is my belief. So I just wanted to share that with you today. Um, that's where we are. I, I, I'm so happy that you decided uh, to check out my podcast again. I'm going to keep it coming. I'm going to have guests on every so often, but we're going to keep having these safe conversations. Because the more people talk, the more people listen, and the more people listen, the more we have breakthroughs. Okay? You can always catch me on Facebook, Kevin Waits. It's K-E-L-V-I-N-W-A-I-T-E-S. You can check me out on my website. It's www.kevinwaits.com. You can email me at contact at kevinwaits.com. I'm on Instagram, uh, Kevin Waits. Uh, it's, it's specifically Kelvin, K-E-L-V-I-N dot weights dot five. And, and I look forward to hearing from you. If you want to be on the show and, and have a safe conversation with me, reach out. I'd love to hear from you. All right. So until next time, do not get it twisted. Safe doesn't mean soft. You see what I'm saying? Safe means that nobody's going to be harshly judged. Safe means that you can come on here and give your perspective. And, and I will understand and we will understand that you see six and I see nine. And at the end of the day, it's all about perspective. Until next time, peace. The Safe Conversations with Kelvin Waits podcast is hosted and produced by Kelvin Waits. Executive producer, Ken Johnson. Find the Safe Conversations with Kelvin Waits podcast on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, iHeartRadio, Spotify, 
Stitcher, TuneIn, Odyssey, Amazon Music, or where you get your podcast. Find Kelvin Waits on Facebook at Kelvin Waits. Join the Safe Conversation group to continue the conversation. Follow the Mean Old Lion Media Podcast Network on IG at Mean Old Lion Media. Get the Mean Old Lion Media app in the App Store or Google Play. The Safe Conversations with Kelvin Waits podcast is a Mean Old Lion Media production. Pulling up to Mickey D's just for drinks? Oh yeah, that's me. Nothing extra, just perfection and a straw. Coming in hot for the coldest cups on the block. Because there are drinks. Then there are drinks from McDonald's. Mix things up with any size lemonade or sweet tea for $1.49. Perfect with our classic fries. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.